Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. You put in some of those safeguards where the trustee of the trust can suspend making distributions to that beneficiary in the event the trustee knows it's going to be used for an inappropriate purpose. Doesn't mean that the beneficiary can't still benefit from the trust. For example, you're worried about giving that beneficiary money because he or she are going to take it and go buy drugs, alcohol, whatever, and, and they've got the problem. The trustee can pay the person's mortgage directly. They can make sure that the mortgage payment is going to get paid. So you have to have some of those. And then we even put in ours the ability to, obviously drug testing gets involved, but also we get counseling and have that counseling paid for. They get a second chance, right? Although you have to be really careful about that. Drug has a huge recidivism, right? Those are some of the hard things that you have to craft around and identifying those is a really big part of it. And in fact, that's what we always start out with saying is that people that successfully navigate this idea of transferring wealth with more purpose. And also I think preserving family harmony, they routinely spend time knowing who they are. And families don't really do that very often any longer. How often do you sit down and say, who are we as a family? What makes us unique? What are our core values? And that's the other aspect to what this lifetime trust provides. It's a way for you to, to pass on that personalization. Right? I mentioned earlier that I'd, I'd come back to this. This is where you as a family could come in and say, these are the five core values or I don't know, however many values you want to put in there that we really want our trust to, to be driven by. If you were to look at my trust document, you would see that there's 35 pages just giving directions to my trustees about the type of things that I would want to do. Because I want to incentivize my kids in much more than the static way that a trust is written, where it says the assets in that trust for the beneficiary are to be used for their health, education, maintenance, support. That's not where I want it to end. I want my kids to be able to use it for entrepreneurial activities. I want to use it while they're alive to help teach them some of these financial uh, literacy ideas, right? Financial literacy is an extremely important thing for a parent to teach to a child because they don't learn it anywhere else. They don't learn it in school. You wouldn't want them learning financial literacy in school. Last thing you want to do is take financial advice from a, a teacher joking. But the point being is that you as the, the parent, whatever, however you define that, really does have that responsibility for taking on that financial education to your kids. How are you going to do that? Incentivizing them is just incredibly powerful. You'll see things in people's trusts where they will provide for the family to be really thought of as a bank. And if a child wants something from the family bank, they don't just get it given to them. They have to apply for a loan. And if it's for a business, I don't care if it's a lemonade stand or like I have this family, actually my son is 15 now. He wants to start buying cars and, and, and reselling them and fixing them up or whatever. Not in my experience, a real lucrative process, but I, he needs to learn his lessons and I'll help him. And I'll say, okay, look, I'll loan you the money to help buy your first car. But I'll tell you what, you're going to come to the whole family, your brother, your sister, and, and us, your mom and your dad, because you're taking the family's money. And you are going to deliver us a, a, a business purpose and I'll help you write it. I am teaching him how to write a business plan and I want to understand what you plan on doing. You've done all of the, the due diligence on costs, startups and all of these different kind of things. I want him to start learning those things. Even if he blows the thousand dollars or whatever that I might lend him, he's had a learning experience. Now, 
if he has an outstanding loan, he's got to regularly come back and deliver a state of the business address, if you will, to the family, because that's creating accountability. But it's also teaching each other. There's no better way to learn a topic or a subject than to have to teach it. And my kids now are teaching each other about what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong in all of these activities. Because I know my kids are going to make mistakes. You learn from your mistakes. But I'll be really pissed off if all of my kids make the exact same mistake. And if they can learn from each other, this is what I did, this is what I did wrong. You're creating family togetherness. You're hopefully creating synergy for the, the kids working together. My kids are going to have to work together in how my plan is set up. Something happens to me, nothing, you know, it doesn't go a third. Like I said, it all stays together, and they're going to have to work together on managing it under the principles that we've all laid out. Lane is not a lawyer, CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.